I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Check it out. Boxed.com is a sponsor of Rebel Radio, and it lets you stock up on all the household items you need and save time and money. That's boxed.com. You never have to waste half your Saturday again at a warehouse club, at the grocery store, whatever, fighting for parking, waiting in line, all that stuff. That's over. Go to box.com. You can order the bulk items that you use every day. Toilet paper, paper towels, snacks, diapers. I don't know what you use. That's, that's none of my business. That's your business. But you'll get them at low prices. You can order at any time of day from your couch, from your phone. It doesn't matter where you are. And there's no annual membership fee. And uh, they even send samples, free samples of items for you to check out. The best part because you listen to Rebel Radio, you get 20% off. All my listeners get free shipping on their first order and 20% off at box.com. Enter the promo code REBEL. That's B-O-X-E-D.com, promo code REBEL, box.com. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Tina Butterwolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh -huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. I'm your host, Josh Levine. I got a special episode for you today. We're going to learn all about ASMR, if you don't know what that is. Look it up. I, I didn't know what it was either. But we have Allie of the YouTube channel ASM Requests with her partner Josh. And we also have my man Lane, host of the Beer Philosophy podcast. Check out Beer Philosophy on iTunes if you look back a few episodes. I was on there, so try to avoid that one. But uh, Allie is going to tell us about her, her ASMR business basically on her YouTube channel. She talks in a whisper and does all kind of interesting stories and characters that for some people uh, gives them a tingling sensation. They find it highly relaxing. It helps them go to sleep, et cetera, et cetera. And she's built a whole content business around that, uh, becoming kind of a YouTube celebrity. So 
She tells us about, first of all, how she got addicted to the feeling of people subscribing to her channel and how that's really driven her to want to build her business and then learning the work ethic of running a business. And uh, she and her partner are now launching a second business around 360 VR content. You'll hear me arguing against VR and uh, we get into it a little bit about that, but she's going to talk about how they've used the ASMR community to now help launch this second business. Really interesting stuff. And like I said, if you're not up on this, um, you will be at the end of this show. Right after our EDM.com track of the week. Here we go. That was Gould with a track called Gone, our EDM.com track of the week. That's on the Chill channel on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash chill. Check that out for more. And right now, check out my interview with Ali from ASM Requests. Well, thanks for being here. Absolutely. I'm excited to learn about what you're doing. I've been, I've been seeing the videos and learning from Lane. A little bit about uh, pixel whips and ASMR and and all this stuff. It's it's all pretty new to me, mm-hmm. so um, so I'm excited to get into it and see where it takes us. Yeah, me too. And cool. um, uh, and I definitely want to hear about you guys and, and what you're up to together. Um, Lane, we'll just introduce you as I don't <laughs> know if you're my co-host or her co-guest or whatever. I'm we'll the figure mysterious it out. middleman of. Mystery, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely. Uh, but you're also the host of Beer Philosophy, which was generous enough to have me on. And you were gracious enough to be, uh, you know, coming out of retirement, right? We do our podcast right. like once every two years. Yeah. And, it's a, you know, it's special when you come Biannual out. podcast. <laughs> That's it. You, you occupy a special place in the podcasting world. You know, when we don't, when, when we do it, we do it big. That's right. And so we bring right. in guys You're like, like the Josh. Olympics of podcasts. That's that's right. Every two years, <laughs> no Zika virus. That's right. It's all good. Nice. Yeah. And Allie, you're uh, our internet celebrity <laughs> of the day. Uh, no, I, we don't have very many internet celebrities on, so this is a special treat for us. <laughs> okay, if you say so, I'll go with internet celebrity. I'll take well, it. Well, you. I mean, you have a lot of people watching your videos. I do. Yeah. Which is impressive. Thank you. Um, so I'm curious to know how you got started. And with with ASMR requests, mm-hmm. but and more generally, with producing content and being on camera talent and all <laughs> that, how how did this come about? So I met my boyfriend Josh, another Josh, no not re- me, no relation to you, not okay. you. No, thanks for clarifying. Yeah, that. just <laughs> for anyone who's wondering, <laughs> uh, I met Josh um, about four years ago, and we were dating and everything was going great, 
And one day, just a few months into our new relationship, he asked me, have you ever heard of this phenomenon called ASMR? I said, no, I've never heard of it. And so he told me a bit about it, explained it to me, and showed me some of the videos that he watched himself um, online to help him sleep and relax at night and sort of explained roughly what the sensation was that he was experiencing when he watched these videos. And I was like, well, that's super weird. And so are you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I was really curious about it, too. It was it was it made me raise an eyebrow, but I was just so uh, fascinated and never heard of it. I couldn't remember at that point. I couldn't remember if I'd ever experienced that in my life. So it was just a really new concept to me. And so I just started watching the, the same videos that he was watching every single night. I started watching them to go to bed and I found them really soothing and relaxing and I kind of understood what the appeal was and then but I wasn't feeling the tingly sensation that people describe feeling when uh, when they when they watch ASMR or experience ASMR until one night uh, I was watching a video of someone speaking in Spanish pretending to apply makeup mm-hmm. to their camera or to the viewer and I felt it I felt this tingly sensation in my scalp that Josh had been describing to me and I said oh that Wow. That's amazing. And so he said, you know, a few weeks later, he said, you know, I think you'd be really good at this. Why don't why don't you try? Because I was just watching the videos to I was just consuming them and using them. Yeah. Um, and he said, I think you might be good at it. You should give it a try. And I was like, no, I I, I, would, I don't want to put my face on the Internet. I have a nice, simple little life. I don't want to do that. Uh-huh. Um, what were you doing before? Oh, God. At that time, I was just working a bunch of random jobs. I was in a really crappy sales a telesales job at that point cool. and I hated it <laughs> but um, yeah I'd worked just a bunch of random jobs at that point no real career to speak of yeah. um, but then I, I took his advice and I said okay I might as well I'll just I'll just try one so I he was working one night and I said I'm gonna go shoot one of those funky whisper videos in my room mm-hmm. see you later and he was like okay whatever and he kept working and then I went and shot one on my little uh, Acer laptop uh, it was really grainy. It was really hard to hear, but I uploaded it to YouTube, and then people started watching it, and people started commenting on it. And it was that moment when I realized that there was kind of a disconnect before that, before that point of what does it mean to put yourself out there on the internet for anyone and everyone to view. Uh, and actually doing it. And once I saw people starting to respond and commenting and saying, this was great, I hope to see more videos from you. And then people actually subscribing, taking the time to subscribe to this random little channel that I had just created in my bedroom on a whim. That was them saying, hey, I'd like to see you again. Mm -hmm. And something clicked in my brain and I ran over to Josh and I said, people are subscribing to this, like minutes later. Then we woke up the next morning and there were maybe like 300 people or something the next day that had subscribed to like this little channel that I just made and it was a really cool feeling and so I kind of just kept doing it. I got sort of addicted to that feeling uh-huh. and people were telling me how much the videos were kind of helping them the same way that they had been helping myself and Josh to fall asleep at night and I thought okay so I could do this. So I just kept doing it. Yeah. And, and was there a certain point that you thought like this is a career or that I'm make a living this way? It took some time for me to believe that that was something that anyone could do. Um, you know, I'd heard of Jenna Marbles and Philip DeFranco and mm-hmm. all these people who had um, 
made a name for themselves via YouTube, via the internet, and that was still a really new concept to me, and I, it still felt very inaccessible. I thought, well, I could do these strange little videos and put them out there, but there's, I don't know if there's any real money to be made or if I could ever quit my job to do this. I think I'll just do it as a hobby, and it's it's fulfilling and it's helping people, so I'll just keep doing it. But um, there came a point when I had been doing it for months, and I had started to build up um, more and more kind of an archive of, of content on this channel of mine, yeah. on this sort of hobby channel, and I um, enabled ads to run on my videos um, through, <laughs> through the, the approval, actually, of my audience before I even decided to turn the ads on, which is, which is how money is made on YouTube videos. Okay. Before I even decided to do that, I actually pulled the audience that I had built at that time and said, is this something that you'd be okay with? If I mm -hmm. made a little bit of money doing this, would you mind seeing ads? And a lot of, I actually had them vote in a poll and and everyone said, yeah, not everyone, but most people, yeah. <laughs> the majority of people watching. 51%. Something, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were, were supportive of it. Um, so I went ahead and enabled ads to run and I did start making money um, from my videos a little bit here and there. And then... There was a turning point where um, I wasn't making tons of money, and you know I still am not. But it was a point where I realized if I had more time to dedicate to this, I could quit this crappy job that mm -hmm. I don't like, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I could do this thing that I really do like and have a lot of fun with, and can be creative and write and be silly and be helpful to people. I could do this full time and support myself and support my family. So. When I realized that that was a real possibility, I just went for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating. Uh, you know, I'm I'm intrigued. Obviously, uh, you know, brands, you know, are all looking to to the web and to to video content as a as a means of promotion. You know, some number of some huge amount of money goes into producing <laughs> content that you know no one sees. No one cares about, you know, and so I'm always fascinated by these things that really break through mm. that, you know, without a, a marketing plan and a, and a media budget, right? They just connect with people. Yeah. And, um, you know, it sounds, you know, it's amazing that you sort of stumbled onto this, mm. right? And at the same time, I think, you know, that that really speaks to the fact that, you know, this idea of the web sort of democratizing content, I don't think we've really still grasped that, certainly in the marketing community, yeah. right? Because, you know, because, you know, the, the marketing mentality, Lane, I know you work with a lot of brands, right? Right. It's still that like we can make this stuff and embed our brand messages and put it out and people are going to eat it up because they want video because they're on YouTube. <laughs> right. And it's still that same mentality of like, we, you know, we're going to put something in the NBC lineup. And because it's there, people will pay attention to it. Um, and so, and your your story is like the complete opposite of that. It's like <laughs> there's stuff out there that people want, mm -hmm. and just give it to them. Exactly. What about you know? Um, so you said you, you know you pulled your audience, and and obviously the web and YouTube in particular. You know, we could do anthropological studies <laughs> on uh, YouTube commenting. Oh my God. And what that says about yeah. the human psyche. I'd and rather so. not. It doesn't say many good things. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. And I'm sure you have trolls or 
whatever. Mm. Oh, I don't know. I don't want to speak for your audience, but it's pretty tame, especially, yeah. and it's it's kind of a, an odd anomaly of the ASMR genre community in particular on YouTube because you're right. YouTube comments are notoriously just. Uh, a cesspool (laughs) of just some of the worst things that can come out of a person's head and some of the shittiest people (laughs) are are out there using the internet. But ASMR, for some reason, seems to either, I don't know, maybe it doesn't really interest those people as much or Mm -hmm. it's so calming and relaxing that that it doesn't bring that nasty side of people out or whatever it may be. The audience is overwhelmingly kind and positive. And there's just, there's a troll here, a troll there, a nasty comment here, a nasty comment there, but it's so, uh, there's so few and far between. That's really encouraging. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have a pretty thick skin. I can handle criticism or, or, or you know, hate speech towards me online if it comes sure. to it, but, but there's just so little of it. I don't know how I would fare if I did, <laughs> You know, maybe makeup videos or something where right. where these girls are having to deal with just the nastiest stuff. Yeah, something about this particular genre. Everyone's just a little bit more well behaved. Yeah. It is really supportive, and and actually mm-hmm. kind of leading you down the road in terms of <clears throat> what they want to see next. You know, they're yeah. coming up with great ideas. Yeah, and, yeah they're very um, engaged. Uh, they get they get attached to certain characters that Allie plays <laughs> right. and want to see the next chapter in Salmon's you know story, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, and that's great for I think for just being giving the audience what they're they're asking for they're mm-hmm. helping write the script. Yeah, so talk about that a little because you know the on the surface it's it's uh, talking into a camera quietly, right? Yeah, kind of whispering, <laughs> um, but but it's but it's not you're you're not just ad libbing right? There's there are storylines and characters, yeah. and you know I saw the the space travel agent video, <laughs> and and you you know you mentioned the makeup one that you saw, and, right? And so, can you can you describe what that is? Like, what is it that makes a good ASMR video? Why do you need these storylines, and and how does that how does how do you do that? Well, a good first of all, a good ASMR video was really in the the eye of the beholder everyone it's it's so um subjective everybody has something that works for them something that doesn't on my channel um that i that i run like 50 percent of and the other 50 percent is josh we're Mm -hmm. we're co um collaborators (laughs) we're co-workers um on our channel what we feel makes the best content what represents our uh goals the best is um, content that's as, as highly produced as we can possibly make it. So we try and use, um, you know, the nicest equipment that we can afford at any given time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm extremely, extremely anal about the editing process. I edit all of my own videos, um, and Josh does that as well. And it's a painstaking process to take out any little noise that might um, disturb someone because I'm trying to imagine someone laying in bed with their headphones in, falling asleep, and if there's a dog barking somewhere in the background that would wake them up, I'm going to take that sound out. So we have very, very high standards for just the quality alone. And then when it comes to the content itself, um, we really like to be, we're both really um, 
we're silly people, we're creative people, we both love to write um, fun characters and compelling stories. We both kind of have a storyteller itch, I guess, and so this is kind of our way of, of relieving that. Yeah. So an ASMR video can just be as simple as sitting in front of a camera and whispering and being soft and being um, mindful. But on our, our channel, it's definitely more than that. Um, so is that, is that more because, because that's what inspires you? Yes. Or is it more because the audience wants that? Well, both. I mean, the audience has, has, we're lucky that the audience has responded really, really well to what we want to do. Yeah. The, the channel is really first and foremost just an outlet for Josh and I to play, mm-hmm. essentially. And our audience has responded so well to it, especially some of the higher higher end, um, you know, my, my sci-fi series, Departure, um, some of my 360 content, some of the stuff that's a little bit more advanced and high tech a lot of people really like it. And so that's exciting for us because that's what we want to do. We want to yeah. we want to grow and expand and try and do more and more innovative and creative stuff. And uh, we get such good feedback and such encouragement from the audience that we're, we're like, okay, well, we'll just keep doing what we want to do because it's working. Yeah. So. Where do those ideas come from? Like how do you, how do you decide to do a, a space <laughs> series? That was Josh's idea. Yeah. That was originally Josh's idea. And then one of us will just have an idea. I mean, it's it's kind of an affliction. Mm-hmm. Like we lose sleep. Josh especially will just wake up in the night and he'll there just. There are videos that can help you with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've heard some kind yeah. of whisper. Weird. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we, we have too many ideas uh-huh. and, you know, there's not very, there's not, there's only so much manpower that that two, three, four people can, can put forth. But, um, yeah, one of us will just come up with an idea and we'll just start riffing. Um, we, we get each other, we communicate really well. We, we kind of share a brain, mm-hmm. Josh and I. So, <laughs> um, once one of us comes up with an interesting idea, it just, it, it just snowballs into something. And that was the case with departure. Josh just said, we haven't done a, you know, a role play style video in a while. It'd be cool to do something kind of sci-fi theme because he's a big sci-fi lover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I am too. And he, it was really simple. It was just a really simple idea and it wasn't going to be necessarily a series with a storyline behind it, but it just kind of morphed and took form sort of out of our control and just went nuts. Yeah. Do you try stuff? Do you like test stuff and see if it works or? How do you mean? And like, as far as content, storylines, are you like? You I mean, know? our test is is just the internet. We right. just put it out, and you just if, put it out. If it's stupid and people hate it, we don't do it again. Right. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't really. I mean, well, there, there. We did do one video once. I, I have a character um, who is very well liked on my channel. That is just me in a costume, acting ridiculous, and mm-hmm. her name is Salmon. And Salmon was actually born out of a failed character that we never put out. It was a completely different character. Um, and I can't remember exactly why that, that didn't work out. But um, I guess that was a test in a way. We, it, never, it never saw the light of day. It was mm-hmm. just a bunch of shots that we did on our own and we scrapped it. But then this new character who my audience just loves was born out of that. So, yeah. Cool. Everything's a test. I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the great thing about YouTube. It's the Wild West. You know, you're just you're yeah. just kind of putting it out there. And, you know, yeah, with one video, if, if it's not 
liked, then no harm, no foul. You just don't mm-hmm. do it again. It's not like you're committed to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting insight that I, you know, I'm not I think brands have a harder time with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they probably need to learn that. Yeah. And so what about um so so ASMR is a response that yeah. some people have not everyone has. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um is there anything do you know anything about like why some people have, do you do you have that response? Yeah, that's that's actually how <laughs> I discovered you know Allie and the rest of the category. Yeah, how um, did that happen? So I had uh, I was going through some health issues. Actually, I had some hearing problems, and mm-hmm. I was coming out of that. And I was looking for anything that would just kind of help me chill out, um, especially at night when your head goes crazy with thinking about all the things that yeah you know for me it can, it's it can, it can think about. <laughs> I I used you know all those things, but um, I heard this uh, this American Life episode about I think uh, their their topic was Tribe of One, and um, the the topic of the uh, the the podcast was people who thought they were unique in some weird way, and then they find out there's millions of other people just like them. Yeah, and um, like Seinfeld watchers, right? I, I was the only one. <laughs> You're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But the uh, the guest that was on, they were talking about how ever since she was a kid, and and she discovered it watching like Bob Ross, the painter, you know, the guy with the big fro and the yeah. happy little foothills, and the sounds of the brushes on canvas would make her head light up like a snow globe. And I'm like, wait, that's me. I, you know, going really? back to like Mr. Rogers days, certain like we're gonna tour the crayon factory, mm-hmm. low talking, that kind of stuff. It just it's this kind of real cool, chill out, mellow feeling. Mm. That just makes everything else go away, and I'm like, "Wow, there's this exists." And so I've um, kind of started searching out the category, found departures, found Maria and Heather Feather, and some of these other ASM artists that were really experimenting with. Like, they're just dedicated to: Does this work? What about yeah. this? What about this? It was really like the last, I would say, two and a half years has been one big experiment in terms of: Does this work? You guys tell us. And then it morphs into things that are very um, repeatable, right? Like mm-hmm. the formulas starting to come together. Yeah. yeah. And and um, the thing that I loved about um, Ali and Josh's work was that they're clearly talented. They're, cl- they're, they're it's more than just the ASMR. They are storytellers. They are talented production um, folks. And mm-hmm. um, unlike so many um, talents on YouTube. Um, there's a lot of volatility in what people's numbers look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have the million dollar cat or you know million view cat video once. Right. It's really hard to do it again. Sure. And so their batting average and and the response. Goddamn cats are so unpredictable. Uh, we haven't done a cat <laughs> ASMR video yet. <laughs> so, but uh, it'll happen. Um, but yeah, so so they it was just a, a really. Um, interesting company and collaboration where, you know, they, they had a critical mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a very supportive audience. Um, they, they don't, they can do what they want. Um, and they're at that inflection point, I think, where, you know, with the added resources or commitment of you know, a brand or a studio, or, you know, there's so much more they can be doing mm-hmm. um, that uh, might cross over from ASMR, but probably into more of a mainstream storytelling space with yeah. 360 VR kind of stuff so yeah. um, it's exciting 
Hey, check it out. Rebel Radio is brought to you by Wix.com. Do you need a website? No, let me tell you, you do need a website. And you can do it yourself with Wix.com. No matter what business you're in, if you got a startup, your music career, your uh, earwax collection, I don't know what you're doing. Whatever it is, you need a website. And Wix is used by more than 84 million people worldwide. It makes it easy to get your website live today. You can spend time on your business. Don't spend time building your website. There's hundreds of designer-made templates to choose from. Use the drag-and-drop editor. You drop in your images, your videos, your copy. And next thing you know, you have a beautiful website that you built yourself. It's fast. It's easy. It's free. We did it with rebelradio.net. Check it out. And you can see the amazing work you can do with Wix.com. You're too busy with everything else. Stop worrying about your website. Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com, create your own website today. Send it to us and we will promote it online. All right. Yeah, so I want to talk about some of the, the other stuff you're doing because I know you're going beyond ASMR. But, but before we jump off that, you know, I'm curious... Just, you know, how, how big is this phenomenon? Like, you know, how it, sort of mainstream I haven't, is it? I haven't seen any quantifiable numbers, but it is... Um, Certainly growing. I know yeah, that. There's, there's documentaries that are popping up about it that yeah. you've, yeah. That you've mm-hmm. been in. Rooster mm-hmm. Teeth did one. Yeah, um, yeah I saw that. There's, uh, if you t- take a look at uh, Google Trends and if you compare things like ASMR to 360 video as search terms, mm-hmm. ASMR is bigger than 360 video, which... Yeah. Like really, yeah. um, and it's just uh, last so we're two years. Do both. It's just been continuing to grow. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. we'll combine the two, right? Yeah, three hundred and sixty video with good. ASMR. <laughs> and, and and there is um, there is some medical research that's entering the category in terms of this being kind of a natural, um, you know, if you're antidepressant, anti-anxiety, PTSD with veterans, um, big mm-hmm. and rich. Actually, yeah, I don't know if you want mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, the the PTSD with veterans and and their interest. Um, I don't know if we're allowed to yet. <laughs> well, there's a lot of people interested in. Yeah, we're still in the early ways that though. it can be um, used, and I, I think there are there are a lot of people that enjoy the, the just chill out time, even if they don't get the full response. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody's whispering to you, <clears throat> it just naturally kind of diffuses what's going. What else is going on in your head? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So. Yeah. Um, That's a really good way of putting it. Right. It's, yeah. How it's, can you? How can you be worked well, I've up? Kind of, I've read about that in the like with uh, neurolinguistic processing, mm. right? That that you can, you can sort of lead people by your vocal intonations, and you can, you know, you want to create a more stressful, more hostile, like you raise your voice, and yeah, yeah. you can bring that down, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and what I find interesting, you know, even I know you mentioned it, discovering it as a way to get to sleep, mm-hmm. and you know, like. I wasn't joking that, you know, Seinfeld is kind of my, puts me to sleep. Yeah, it's cozy. Um, Yeah, it's because I've seen all of them Mm -hmm. and I like them, but I don't, it's not something new that it's going to like capture my attention. Yeah. Um, Yeah, It's kind of white noise. Right. Yeah. And and so I need that. And yet, you know, if if we go, you know, I could pull up 10,000 articles about how to improve your sleep and they all say, no, Turn the screens no off. computers, no yeah. screens an hour before bedtime. <laughs> that just doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me either. I just don't believe them. Yeah. I think they're lying. <laughs> well, well. No, you know, I, I know it's true, but it's it's just. But I think it speaks to the fact that we're we're not all the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you know, so I don't have the ASMR response. Maybe mm-hmm. I would from maybe the Spanish videos. Yeah, one. maybe. 
that I need to find, right? But, you know, and I also can't lay there in the dark like my wife can Mm -mm. and get to sleep, right? And and so, you know, we each need different things. Or, you know, to your point, there are these tribes that, you know, each need different things. Um, I'm curious if that, like, has that applied to other areas of your life? Have you sort of thought, well, this thing gets me to sleep, but, you know, or there's, is there something else that, I don't know, it's sort of a weird question, but. I'm going to try and answer it the best I can. So just in life, are there things that I, where I am different from other people? Is that what you're well, saying? <laughs> certain sure. hacks, like life hacks? Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, yeah, maybe it's more life hacks. Like are there things that, mm. that you've sort of found that really work for you that maybe weren't? Towards sleep or or anything. Whatever. Let's see. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I well, like may, the question. We're just, I'm trying to, we're just riffing. My... That's yeah, all right. I don't know. All right. That's Maybe a... we can come back to this no, one. Yeah, it's a fine. That's a weird question. Zequel. Zequel's great. What is that? Zequel. It's oh. from the makers of Nyquil. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not. It's I'm not sure for a cold. Was. It's just straight up to put you to sleep. Right. <laughs> but let's yeah. not. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> so what is this thing? It's not you... habit for me. So, for those of you not. This monstrosity watching... over yeah, here. Yeah. What is this apparatus that you brought? With you? <laughs> this is uh, Josh's and my new 360 camera and microphone rig. Okay. Okay, so um, we are partnered with a company called 360 Heroes mm-hmm. and and, radio. and uh, another company called 3DO. 360 Heroes created this um, see this plastic, is it plastic? I shouldn't say plastic, probably. Plastic. Well, the core is nickel and the external part is plastic. Okay, well. Nickel just sounds so much Nickel's more better. Official. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say this casing. Yeah. <laughs> so 360 Heroes um created this casing that fits 10 GoPros. They actually have lots of different rigs, but this one in particular fits 10 different GoPros to create 360 video. And 3DO is uh, a company <clears throat> who creates microphones, binaural and omnidirectional microphones. This one is an omnidirectional. Yeah, 360 degree audio. Yeah, omnidirectional microphone, um, and it captures 360 degree audio. And so all of this together is a tool for us to make 360-degree uh, video and audio content, ASMR or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Not just ASMR, but we are, we are kind of using ASMR as a jumping-off point to really get into the immersive content space. That's yeah. something yeah. we're really so, excited about. So talk about that because I, I know you – I saw there's a, a new show that you host – about oh, yeah. 360 and and so and I know so tell us about some of the stuff you're doing that's not ASMR related. So Josh and I uh, along with uh, two other awesome ASMR creators named Heather Feather and uh, Maria whose channel is Gentle Whispering. These are two other ladies who do ASMR along with me. Us three and Josh created an immersive content studio slash network called Pixel Whip. And this is our company that um, we are, let me phrase this in a non-stupid way. I don't know how, what's the best way to go about saying Stupid that? way is fine. We can, <laughs> we like that. <laughs> so Pixel Whipped is uh, our company that focuses on creating original 360 degree and immersive content and 
promoting and distributing content by other creators as well. So, so tell me, you know, from where I said there's there's a lot of debate about 360 and, and VR and and you know what it's going to mean ultimately to to brands to the entertainment experience, you know what it's doing to content. You know, I love both of your thoughts on. Yeah, I mean, I'll share a couple thoughts. We actually, uh, the first time we met in person was at South by Southwest, and and we were going to look into producing some, you know, branded ASMR content together. But we're also interested in all the the hubbub about the 360 VR um, space. Everybody in the world wants to do 360 VR. And so we went to the Samsung display where, of course, they had, like, the latest and greatest um, immersive experiences, the Six Flags roller coaster experience with the Oculus Rift on, mm-hmm. right next to the Gillette booth where you can r- virtually ride a roller coaster because I guess that's what razors are about. Yeah. Um, so, so I feel like it's in the very early stages of well, don't shave on a roller coaster, kids. <laughs> please. It's not. <laughs> no, it's so, the roller coaster of emotion that you that you go on uh, when you shave. Okay. Oh, right. That right. I feel that every day. <laughs> Can you feel that right here? Just some ASMR with my whiskers. You look like an electric <laughs> shaver guy. I'm not, no, I just shave every other day. With razor? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dollar Shave Club, right? Are you, are you? No. Am I what? Dollar Shave Club. I've tried it. I like those guys. They just got a billion dollars. They got a billion dollar <laughs> shave club now. Damn. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> um, anyway, so, so with the 360 <laughs> VR stuff, uh, it... Um, Everybody's racing into this space mm-hmm. with yeah. the circus in mind. Yeah. And the thing that I think is going to make Pixel Whipped really successful is they're coming at it from a completely different angle. Um, if you're going to have that headset on for an extended period of time, riding roller coasters and jet, you know, F-16s and stuff is, is, is almost sensory overload. And, yeah. and their background in focusing on audio, I think, gives them a very unique perspective because that's how you navigate in a in reality. Mm-hmm. You hear something on your right, you look over there. You hear something on the left, and, and it's really a big part of how you discover things in a virtual space. And so I think Pixel Whipped and the kind of storylines and content that they're, they're working on is going to be the kind of thing you – it's the rabbit hole you want to go down and stay in there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and not everybody – I think he's approaching that the the 360 VR space from that perspective. Yeah, well, gaming is a huge focus sure. um, in the 360 in the in the virtual reality space, as as of course it would be. It makes perfect sense, and you know we're excited about games uh, as well. But as Lane said, it, maybe being chased by zombies and hearing gunfire for an hour, two hours. You know, for me that would be a lot. Um, I'm naturally kind of a, just a <laughs> sensitive kind of peaceful person and I wouldn't like to spend a ton of time being inundated with yeah that sensory overload like you said Lane Um, and so we're excited about the possibilities of the kind of quieter more peaceful passive um, meditative uh, capabilities Mm -hmm. Of VR, and I think Lane, you said something cool one time. Maybe it was an original quote, I did? Or, or oh, good. One time, <laughs> one time, just once. Tell uh, me what it was. I don't know if it was an original <laughs> quote or if I, or if you got it from somewhere, but I've always liked it. You said when you when you whisper, people listen. Yeah, it's true. I like right? that. People people lean in. Oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, I think that goes 
on the branding side too. It's mm-hmm. it's it, that's what buzz is, right? And, mm-hmm. and when something is good enough that people are whispering about it, um, <laughs> it must be pretty good. Yeah. You don't have to yell about it. So. Exactly. Yeah. So we're kind of more interested in in the the quieter side of VR, if you will. So is that a certain demographic you think? Like obviously, if we're talking about you know zombies chasing you, like you know, it's, like. I know this isn't entirely accurate, but, you know, we think of teenage boys as sort of that mm. core gamer. Sure. And especially the ones. I mean, you know, I, I'm i a sort of a skeptic of, of VR. Um, and I think, like. Have you tried it? Uh, not nah, sort of. Have you tried it? No. Like, I've, I've tried it, like, <laughs> cardboard. Oh, so no. Um, so not really. So the answer is no. But, but Not really. <laughs> but, let me, but, but let me take a step back. Like, I'm not a skeptic because I don't think it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's gonna. I'm sh- I'm sure that it's awesome. Are you concerned about its the dangers of it? Maybe. No, I don't care about danger. Okay. It's <laughs> uh, my middle name. What are you crazy? <laughs> I don't know. Danger? No. There's um, usually two kinds of skeptics: people who think who haven't tried it and think the technology won't be worth anything and it's no good and it won't be immersive, or the people who know it's great and think that that could be a problem in society and and distance us even further than we already are as a as a species. I don't buy that whole distance. Okay. Argument. All right. That's a. We don't have time for. That's like a long <laughs> tirade that I won't do. Yeah, it's boring. Um, I don't want to hear it anyway. No, it's. <laughs> it no, I don't buy all that. Okay. Um, but because I remember having conversations before all this technology, and they were shitty. Mm. The conversations yeah, were most shitty. Most of them. <laughs> like the guy that you meet in the grocery <laughs> store. They're like, "Why would you want those? Are not good conversations." <laughs> Yeah, what are we missing anyway? I'd much rather be on my phone <laughs> than talking to someone okay. while I'm pumping my gas. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what is the nature of your of your um, skepticism? I think like so so I get it for gaming. Yeah. Right? Because uh-huh. because I know that there's millions of kids that sit with their headphones on, glued to the screen, sure. yelling at other players in Xbox Live, right? Mm-hmm. Like I totally get that and I think VR makes that experience a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it for um, porn. I can see why that would be appealing. Sure. Uh, but, you know, so much of our viewing experience is while we're doing other stuff. Where, you know, we watch TV and we're making food and we're talking and we're on the phone and we're, mm-hmm. you know, there's all of this happening. Mm-hmm. Like TV in part works because it is a what they call a lean back experience. It's a passive. You can do other shit. Okay. While you're watching TV, and that's why so many millions of people watch this stuff, you know, constantly because mm-hmm. it doesn't entirely overtake their lives. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, VR by contrast is a commitment mm-hmm. that you can't do other stuff without maybe the danger. Although people are testing that with Pokemon Go, aren't they? yeah, really. Um, <laughs> but uh, right, and so so that's part of my skepticism. I see. Is just that maybe the uses, the applications aren't going to be as broad-reaching as the equipment manufacturers, the, the big content producers and brands are really thinking it is. Mm-hmm. And, and the other reason is because I think those companies are so, like, they need the next big thing to invest in. And so they'll just, like happen with 3D TV, like, they'll just go way overboard and produce way more stuff than than the rest of us are ready for. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and try to sort of shove it down our throats. I, I think I think there's going to be waves. I think that I think you're right. There's going to be this investment in hardware now, like push the hardware out and enable it and make it all possible. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the hardware comes before anyone's figured out the best format, mm-hmm. right? like from a storytelling perspective. And and um, all of those. You know, there will be a washout. There'll be all these companies that raised way too much money yeah. and they <laughs> built the amazing technology that is so beyond whatever the capabilities or the audience is ready for. Mm. And we'll go through a, you know, a valley and then it'll come back out with whatever that Pokemon Go experience is. Um, and, and to me, I feel like it's really just kind of a choice of where everybody's spending time. Immersive media is now a new choice. Kind of, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's right. gaming or something else. Yeah. When I'm going to check out, I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. Every everything else is, you know, television, radio, passive media, still social. But when I'm really going to dive down on something, um, that's where I think 360 VR will live. And and, yeah, and I, it'll be interesting to see what what are those paths that that people go to first. And we we, I'm. In this one, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, just, I like this question, if you don't mind. Yeah, and I just want to clarify like, I'm not criticizing your, your business model, right? Like, like we I, like discussions like this, no, but but I think you know what, what, um, like from what you just told me about the way you approached the ASMR business, like you seem like you'll get it right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you like you'll make stuff that you care about and you'll. And the audience will care about. Yeah, well, um, that's what I was gonna. Can I, so, can I say what I was about please, to say before jump, you do? Jump in. Sure. I, I want to hear, but I had a thought. And I don't want to lose it. Basically, it. exactly what you're saying. We would like to think that the content we're working on and that we're making will not will be so interesting that you won't want to be cooking or doing anything else or multitasking while you're experiencing it. You'll want to completely dive in to mm-hmm. what you're watching, and that's what we're trying to create. Cool. Yeah. I think what you're what is it, recognizing. Josh? Oh, by, by the way, I'm Josh. I'm I'm Ali's boyfriend <laughs> and, and business partner. Um, uh, I think what you're recognizing is is something that is uh, it is it is a real um, uh, issue, uh, kind of in 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 VR's current state. Because where VR currently is is it's kind of like the equivalent of the early days of the internet. It's kind of like the early '90s. Um, of the internet, so all these companies that are jumping now. Yeah, they're not looking. Facebook's not looking to m- make a return on their investment in the next year or two years or even five years. They're looking at twenty years down the line. Mm-hmm. So the people who are getting involved now, fa- Facebook is hoping that they're going to be like the oracle in of virtual reality in fifteen years or right. twenty years. Yeah, but they also re- recognize how much work and how much time is it's going to take to get virtual reality to be truly a practical application to where you actually can experience it in a passive way like you're talking about. There's, mm-hmm. there's a long um, timeline to get it to a point to where it's that practical, but there's a lot of uh, really talented people involved in the industry right now that are incredibly brilliant who can get it there mm-hmm. in a reasonable amount of time. And the conversation we're having right now is probably, um, I've heard conversations like this about when, when you heard people talking about Prodigy <laughs> and America Online when right. it was first established and yeah. stuff like that in the early 90s and what's, what is the internet? I don't understand like how it can be monetized and how giving away all this free information and stuff can actually turn into a practical business. Um, but then now look at it like, I mean, we, 
you were just talking about how people are just walking around all day looking at this this phone mm-hmm. that has all this information running through it. Um, the plan with VR is is that it's going to going to merge with AR. So like augmented reality and virtual right. reality are going to be the same technology at some point. They'll look just like these glasses that I'm wearing, mm-hmm. and um, and so it, it is going to. I, I will be able to have a passive experience. I'll be able to sit here and yeah, chop yeah. some celery for a salad that I'm making while there's a television show that's being projected on a a 20 inch television exactly. screen in my in the middle of my kitchen. Yeah, you said mm-hmm. it's a it's a bit of a physical commitment, but that's just it is now. Right. It's so yeah, sure. it's still so early. And then when I'm ready to um, if I want to experience something even more immersive where, you know, the, the world that I'm in right now is, is actually replaced by something completely new, then you can switch it into VR mode. But that's, it sounds like science fiction. It mm-hmm. sounds crazy, but it also would have sounded crazy in 1992 if you said that you're going to walk around pocket. with a computer in your pocket that's 10 to 50 times faster than any computers that are currently available yeah. um, at, that you can buy at the store. So um, that... I, I believe that it's it's very realistic and that that's going to happen. And the people that are getting involved now are the ones who are going to be paving the way for the future and making the decisions that will like what will establish the format. What like what does a movie look like in virtual reality? No mm-hmm. one knows right now because it's the we're at equivalent stage of where like the uh, the Lumineer brothers, the guys who did like that early French film of like just a train arriving um, in France just to a train station, and the first time that film was shown in the early 1900s, the people that were, the story goes that the people that were watching it in the theater actually up and like ran away oh, when, wow. when the train approached the station yeah. because they thought it was going to come out of the screen and hit them. No, right. it was just a flat screen. They'd are never you, seen it. Are you saying French people are stupid? <laughs> <laughs> that, we're not, not saying that. No, of course not. <laughs> no comment. That. No, 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 I'm not saying that. Um, I, I, they're obviously brilliant because they were, the, they, they right. revolutionized, you know, they innovated that. But um, yeah, so that's that's kind of like the parallel that a lot of people use in this industry that that's kind of like the people who are focusing on immersive storytelling right now are uh, setting the groundwork and creating the rules for what does a what does a story look like that isn't in a frame anymore because the whole the, mm-hmm. for storytelling has been built around the frame right and and there's no frame anymore the the frame is 360 degrees is all around you you can't hide your crew you can't hide your lights mm-hmm. yeah. sound equipment all that stuff <clears throat> what are the new rules for immersive storytelling. And yeah. so it's going to take a while to get there. Um, the people who are going to commit themselves, like you said, right now are going to be diehard fans, passionate gamers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not, we don't think that it'll, it'll be much time until people will be committing themselves and where the technology will re- reach a point where you can enjoy it in I a think, passive way. I think Josh, the other Josh, um, yeah. kind of nailed um, you know, where a lot of this is going to come from in terms of... Um, insights right i mean the gaming world you can play the narrative which Mm. has a script but so much more of it is all about you as the participant writing your own script sort of in a controlled environment how Mm. did i know to go over there and kick that flower pot over well because we tricked you into looking over there because Mm -hmm. of the way it was lit and maybe a sound cue made you look over there Mm. and and so it's 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 a different kind of storytelling i think that everybody's going to Mm-hmm. going to play with and mm-hmm. probably borrow a lot from the gaming space. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting. Yeah. There's some early applications, too, that, um, that do require commitment, that, that do make sense um, in, in, the con- in their, their specific context. For instance, we're right now in the early stages of working on something possibly that would um, get virtual reality devices into the hands of children um, in hospitals who are bed-bound because of 
terminal illnesses and stuff like that. Yeah. Where they can, it's it's like a virtual reality version of Make a Wish, where um, these places where they where they've wanted to visit, where they'll probably never be able to visit because of their affliction, mm-hmm. um, they will be able to go there virtually um, and have these um, really unique experiences. Um, also delivering therapeutic programs to them through virtual reality where, you know, to help ease their anxiety and whatever pain they're experiencing. Um, oh, that's through, cool. Through virtual reality. Yeah. So, so, and that's something that they, you know, it does require a commitment and probably a commitment that they're they, happy to make. They're happy mm-hmm. to make. Mm-hmm. And, and lots yeah, of people who are absolutely. involved in that would be happy to make as well. Nice. So, yeah, there, there are certain applications, you know, that, yeah. that makes sense. So I want to talk about your, your partnership and, and your partnership, but, but the two of you, um, you know, you said you, you share a brain and, and you guys also have a personal relationship. And so how do you make that work? And how do you, how does the, <clears throat> how does the partnership work? Uh, well, I just keep him in line. Nice. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> he just does whatever I say. <laughs> it's good enough for me. No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, I, I, it's, it's interesting. Um, I was just, I was just thinking the other night about how I feel like my, like some of the, the communication aspects of my mind have, have atrophied a little bit over the past five years because <laughs> I don't have to complete sentences anymore because she fills in most yeah. of them before I get a chance to finish what I'm saying. And so I'm used to now just starting something and knowing that she's going to be able to connect all the dots so I don't even have to finish what I'm saying. And so I've kind of gotten lazy in that regard. This morning uh, before we arrived here, we, had, we went and had breakfast and Josh arrived late. And uh, apparently you sent me a text asking me to place a breakfast order for you. I didn't see this text, but I went ahead and placed his exact breakfast order before he arrived uh, yeah. down to the browning of the sausages. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah when, we, when I say we share a brain, it's not like two brains smushed together, though. Like we have one brain and then if we're on our own, we both have half a brain. We're both really dumb. Yeah, kind of reminds me of the, like the phenomenon you hear about twins uh-huh. or just like mm. twins who, who are communicating and then they'll like, you know, finish. They'll, they'll kind of know where they're going. Yeah, I've got kind of a Lannister thing going on. It's pretty gross. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> you don't know what that is? Yeah. That's Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh. Yeah. It was a gross joke. Don't put it on the air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, if, so was it, was, that, was it that way from the beginning or did you have concerns about like, oh, I'm going to go in business with my boyfriend. Like, is that a there's always idea? There's always a, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it was a unique experience for me. I'd never done anything like that before. Um, and there's always an element of, of trepidation, I guess, before you do that. You don't want to ruin what you have on either side. Right. But it, we kind of just fell into it. It, we, it's, it seemed really, um, I don't know, Serendipitous, maybe is the well, word. This wasn't our first business venture together either. Like, <laughs> we don't okay. know. Don't talk B- about business that. Business is just kind of uh, somehow. Well, yeah. first of all, we've just yeah. Ali, when I first met her, I, I one of the things that I noticed about her was that um, she was. I saw a ton of potential talent that was untapped, and and I was interested that I felt like she was like undervaluing her potential, and and she was allowing herself to do jobs and stuff like that. That. Um, that were not at her level, mm-hmm. that, that were challenging her though in, in a proper way. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was always uh, told by my family that you know, get a college degree or your life's gonna suck. And I didn't do that. I didn't finish college, and so I thought, you know, I can do kind of basic skill level jobs, and so that's right. what I sought out. Sought out. And I was what I was twenty one when we met, so I was also very young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, there I was like, give me your resume and let me like clean it up for you and, 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 and add some like, you know, like 
some stuff to it, some vocabulary and whatnot that um, I feel like will do a do a better job of doing you justice. Well, and your so, your background also it would it would be relevant. You're you've always had an entrepreneurial streak. Um, you've always you've started lots of businesses. You were kind of doing that when we met. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That that's kind of like my background and watching my parents you know start businesses and stuff like that. So did that with a resume. Um, mm-hmm. Immediately she started putting a resume out there and she got like a much better job. Um, you know, than the one that she was currently doing at a just a internet marketing company. And then... Still hated it, though. She still didn't like it, though, because, you know, at the end of the day, she was still working for the man. Right. And and so <laughs> uh, right around that time, we started... Well, she started making the ASMR content and then stuck with that for a while, saw the potential there. Mm-hmm. And then once, once it became, you know, like a self-sustainable thing, she jumped ship from that marketing company and, and, and stuck with, you know creating internet content. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we, we've always had kind of like this business chemistry as well, because like at one time we were... <laughs> oh God. <laughs> we, we had this job called Karma Garage, this this company that we created called Karma Garage, where we would go on Craigslist and we would find items that people, like people give away fantastic stuff for free on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And it's stuff that definitely they should be charging like they should be selling it but for yeah. whatever reason they just want to get rid of it really yeah. quick and they don't care to make a buck they just want to like push it so we would find this undervalued con- uh, stuff like items on craigslist <laughs> and then we rented out a uh, a storage, storage facility unit, yeah. and we called it karma garage where we took these these unwanted items that had this magic karma um behind it and and hoped that People would come into our store, and the true owners, the ones that deserve it, the ones that have that are part of the karmic circle, will come into contact with these unwanted items that need a home. And we'd come uh, into contact with out. their money. It was fine. It was it was fun. It was yeah. actually really fun. It, it was, was actually doing really well. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a full time thing. We just did it for a few months. That's a new months. ASMR uh, series right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> the showroom, the Karma Garage showroom. Oh my god. Well, the idea if we had if we another reason for that name is if we had um, continued it and made it a real business. Cause we only did it for a few months. It wasn't like a mm. business. But if we had kept going with it, we were going to have a um, a charitable aspect to mm-hmm. it, and and you know have some. Yeah, a portion of like all the sales were going to go to a ch- we were going to have a list of charities yeah. that someone at the when they were checking out when they were purchasing the item they could choose like from a different oh, that's cool yeah from yeah. charities that they wanted and then to donate to twenty five or ten percent or something would go anyway that didn't pan out <laughs> so so what about um, I know Al you said at the beginning you were you had some hesitation about kind of being the on camera talent I did um, yeah I don't know why I really like it what have what has surprised you about that since you've been doing it? Um, I am still surprised every day to this day, and I've been doing YouTube now for three and a half years, about, yeah. something like that, mm-hmm. over three years. And I am still surprised to this day that people like me and want me to talk more. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, you know, I, especially because I have to sit and edit my own videos, and you just, I, I don't know if you edit the podcast, but... Okay, well, yeah, it's good that you don't edit your podcast because you, if you're anything like me, you would just, you just, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't, I, I don't get it sometimes when I sit and watch myself talk and look at my dumb face <laughs> on the computer. I'm like, why do people watch me? I'm just surprised at how, how much they like the videos and mm. how much they like me as a person. Really, really nice things that people say about me that, um, I don't know. Maybe I don't value myself highly enough, or something. But I'm. That's always. That's been surprising. Just how many people care 
yeah. about what I have to say or or whatever. Is there a certain demographic that? I mean, eighteen to thirty-five right. is is maybe the the biggest uh, age group, and it's pretty. It's not something you can kind of pick out as like those are our people. I mean, I. Th- it's not. I don't know. I don't know if it's something that's quantifiable. Um, you know, it's pretty split between male and female viewers. The ages mm-hmm. range. The nationalities range. Uh, something that I feel like might be true, or that I feel that I've noticed, that again is not a quantifiable thing, is I think that people who are, um, you know, of maybe slightly higher intelligence than average who also maybe deal with you know slight mental illness and when i say mental illness i'm talking about just anxiety mm. and depression and yeah. the things that a lot of people in this country suffer from that kind of fly under the radar that are not obvious yeah. you know they're not necessarily schizophrenic or what we think of as mental illness but people who just are are smart stressed people yeah there's a negative connotation with the word, with the phrase mental illness, right. mm-hmm. because people think of extremity, extremities when, sure. when they think of that. But, um, but I mean, it can be so much as, like Ali was saying, just a really, you know, low level generalized anxiety mm-hmm. kind of thing. Which a lot of people just, experience. Just mm-hmm. where your brain just keeps, the cranks keep turning at the end of the day, where, um, you know, I guess to, to that, I guess that just opens up. We won't even get into that, go down that rabbit hole, but it just opens up a whole question like, is everyone mentally ill to a certain degree? I think everyone know? is. Actually. Like, are the only people who are not mentally ill the ones who are experiencing pure Zen all the time who've reached enlightenment? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, but that's a, yeah, that's a I like that. deep philosophical question. Yeah, I would say, I would say it seems that the people who are drawn to me and my content are people who are like me, who are a little anxious. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got a lot going on in their minds. Uh, they're smart people. They just need to chill out. Yeah, you people need to chill. Yeah. Um, what about sacrifices? What do you think you've sacrificed in this journey? Sleep, mm. ironically. <laughs> Sleep and, and, you know, uh, occasionally just my own. Uh, it's, a, it's a balancing act. I make videos with other people in mind and their relaxation and their zen and their mental well-being and sometimes because I want to do it so well or I want to do it at you know at a certain frequency mm-hmm. um I I will let things in my life in my own personal life uh suffer or fall by the wayside a little bit I'll stay up way way too late editing or shooting a video that I really, really want to have out or, mm-hmm. um, you know, answering emails that I think are really, really important. Josh will do the exact same thing. He's really, really bad about it. Um, but I'm trying to find that balance again and, you know, make sure to just have a, have a strict bedtime and make sure to get to the gym as often as possible and eat right and stay hydrated and stay away from, from unhealthy substances and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been the biggest sacrifice and a little bit of time, you know, time is a very precious resource. And as much as I love dedicating most of my time to this, sometimes I dedicate too much. Um, and Josh does the same. And I think anyone who loves their job can, can, can say that, you know, anyone's guilty of it who, anybody who 
has a passion for what they're doing will sometimes let it get too far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try not to, I really, when it comes to my family, I have a little boy. Um, I really try as hard as I can not to sacrifice anything when it comes to him and not to let my, my work or my stress about my work or my passion for my work get in the way of my role as his, as his mother. Um, but it happens sometimes because I'm not a perfect person. So I wish it didn't. Lane, what about, tell us about the partnership and what are you guys working on together and yeah, what's going so, on? Well, it's a, uh, just kind of a, a collaboration that uh, started six months ago. And, and um, uh, like I said, I think that, you know, when, when I recognized the talent behind um, Josh and Allie and the other Pixel Whip creators with Maria and Heather Feather, um, they're all dedicated to their craft. They're putting all kinds of stuff out <clears throat> and they're in this really nice place where um, they can pick and choose the kind of projects that they want to work on. Um, and they're at kind of that transition point where there's so much you can do with existing resources, but then other technology. And um, if you want to go further, you know, there does need to be someone that helps to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And, and so my background um, coming from the publishing and the advertising side is, you know, can I help find those right, authentic partners that have interesting stories to tell and weave them into the kind of really engaging content that they're trying to create and try to do it totally in an authentic way where the audience loves it just as much as the brand loves it and mm-hmm. the, um, it's a perfect fit. And so we're kind of custom tailoring um, some integrations and we've had um, a couple early trials. We did some stuff at South by Southwest with American Greetings um, that was looking to be more relevant in the digital space. Um, and then I really like the challenge of tying two things that, like, there's no way these things can get tied together. <laughs> but then, look, it did. You know, mm-hmm. it worked. Um, so we actually did some work for a, uh, a chain of um, laser hair removal clinics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's now one of the, it's definitely their biggest presence on YouTube. And it's one of the better <laughs> role-playing videos um, on Ali's channel. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're looking for more of those. Um, and we're looking to not necessarily do one-off videos, but, you know, produce a whole slate. So um, certain categories we're opening up, um, you know, beauty and cosmetics is a, is a category that's perfect for all the Pixel Whip creators. Um, uh, we actually just dropped a Lush um, video with all kinds of really cool bath bomb, um, slow motion kind of stuff oh, cool. in water. Um, yeah. uh, so so we're, we're, we're shopping around a beauty series right now. Um, we're also uh, talking about a cooking show and the sounds of the kitchen mm-hmm. um, with, with a bit of an interview um, angle to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's out and being uh, looked at by a few folks. And, and we want to you know, keep, keep telling stories quietly that are interesting <laughs> and uh, cross over from the ASMR base to um, a broader, broader reaching audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're doing together. And Lane is also really creative himself, mm-hmm. so he doesn't just uh, talk to us about numbers and analytics and, and stuff like that. He actually like brings mm-hmm. creative ideas to the table, um, and you know, so there's an outlet for him to also express his creativity. And so th- there's a lot of good chemistry when we're brainstorming and stuff about stuff to do. So that's fun that he actually contributes in that way too. He's not it's not just a one dimensional thing. Yeah, this is the first time in the three and a half years that we've been doing this together that we've actually had like truly had a third 
writing partner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just been us two, and and well, and outside of like you know Heather and Maria, like when we collaborated with them, um, they, they, they like they were our writing partners as well. But yeah, well, we had a fourth and a third and a fourth yeah. partner with them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but but this is the first time in a long time we've had someone who's been working with us regularly. Right. Um, yeah. Um, and, and and contributing that way. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right, a couple of lightning question lightning round questions. Oh boy, okay. Uh, last great book you read? The Martian. The Martian? Yeah. Okay. I'm currently reading Le Miserable, but I'm not done with it because it's long as hell. All right. But it's great. Yeah. <laughs> but the one I finished was The Martian. Uh, favorite band or DJ? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ask Lane. I'll get back to you. I have so many. What do you got, Lane? Oh, I'm not the music guy. Who's my favorite if you band? Could, all right, Lane. If you're on a if you're uh, <laughs> if you're on a desert island the rest Stay of your life away. and you can bring three yeah. records with you, uh, since, oh. since we're of the same age, we'll we'll say LPs. Oh um, man. Then uh, uh, what would they be? Not the music guy. Josh is the music guy. I'd bring Am I'd I? bring Blonde on Blonde. Okay. It's Bob Dylan. Okay. Um, uh, Aladdin Sane. And Bowie. Yes, Bowie and um, uh, Spice Girls. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Spice Girls, okay. Yeah. Just Lane, any, same, any Spice same Girls. Same three records? No, I'd probably, uh, so I'd probably bring uh, Rattle and Hum. Um, I would probably bring uh, Queen's Greatest Hits. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking for like range, right? Cause you got to listen to these things forever. <laughs> um, how about a soundtrack or something? Oh, that's interesting. Movie soundtrack. What? Star Wars? There you go. <laughs> I'll keep you busy. Sure. Okay. There you go. Star Wars soundtrack. That, that never gets old. <laughs> no. And I think my favorite artist coming back to that one is David Bowie. Okay. If I had to pick one, which you just can't, but for these purposes, I'll pick. You can on this show. Yeah. All right. Last question. Um, if who would you be most excited about learning that they were a fan of yours? Julie Andrews, or President Obama, but mostly Julie Andrews. Okay. I love her. That's great. (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks for doing this. It's been great having you. Appreciate. Thank you. All the wisdom. Thanks for having me. It was excellent. Thank Thank you so much. All right, cool. I hope you enjoyed that. Definitely some weirdo stuff going on, but but that was a lot of fun to hear what they're up to. Come back next week. I got uh, some more craziness. My my new friend, Amanda, the founder of Arsenic TV. If you haven't checked out Arsenic TV, definitely do that and then come back next week to hear the interview. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net, find us on Facebook, leave us a five-star review, of course, on iTunes, and uh, don't forget to support our sponsors, Wix.com and Boxed.com. Peace.